There's within my heart a melody. Jesus whispers sweet and low. Fear not, I am with thee. Peace be still in all of life's ebb and flow. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know. Fills my every longing. He's me singing as I go. Let's let's just. I, I promise we'll, we'll be quick. First Corinthians chapter four. Uh, and I often break that promise, but bear with me. Um, <laughs> First Corinthians, First Corinthians chapter four. Uh, so we, <laughs> we've been going through First Corinthians uh, together on Sunday nights, and um, you know, a very dis disunited church, uh, struggling with preacher worship, struggling with godly wisdom versus earthly wisdom. How to uh, navigate the waters of how a church should function. Um, and how the people can get along and agree on the majors and minor on the minors. Um, we've reached now this point in 1 Corinthians 4 where he's ended the conversation on wisdom and is now starting a conversation essentially saying uh, who he is. I, I've titled this chapter here, uh, Who Do You Think You Are? That's kind of what the Corinthians are asking Paul and Apollos. Uh, at the very end of chapter 3, uh, if you remember, they said, uh, Paul said, let no one boast in men, for all things are yours, and he names himself. Uh, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or present or future, all are yours. And so then he begins chapter 4 by saying, this is how one should regard us. So I think he's meaning with chapter 4 to say, okay, I don't want you to get the wrong impression. God gave us to you for the building up of your faith, not for you to take advantage of us. Not for you to judge us and critique us and to sort of build little puppets out of us, right? He, he's defending himself as an apostle. That's, that's what's going on. And I think uh, what, what chapter 4 is, is one of the most under-taught passages relating to pastoral ministry, maybe, right? What do you go to if you're going to teach on pastors and, and elders and overseers? You go to 1 Timothy 3, you go to Titus, you maybe go over to uh, 1 Peter but, but here in, in 1 Corinthians 4, we have a much different representation of what an apostle or a steward, a minister, a pastor looks like. Um, and even though this has incredible application for pastors, for, for church leaders, um, there are still some things that don't cross over. We, we kind of talked about this this morning, right? Apostles uh, in Sunday school are different from pastors. The age of apostles has ended. I am not an apostle. I don't have the direct authority given to me by Jesus in his presence, in his physical body. I, I have not been given you know, that, that same type of authority. I have a pastoral authority, not an apostle type of authority. Okay, So uh, I want to get that clear uh, as, as we move forward. But uh, let's, let's just read it a few chunks at a time. Um, first point, who do you think... Uh, who do you think you are? Number one, we are stewards judged by God. Stewards judged by God. Chapter, one, or chapter 4, verse 1. This is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by any human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself. For I am not aware 
of anything against myself, but I am not thereby acquitted. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Then each one will receive his commendation from God. Uh, I'll, I'll hit uh, verses 6 and 7 in just a moment as well. Uh, but you start off in the very beginning. So this is how you should regard us. This is how you should treat us. This is how you should think about us as first servants of Christ and second, stewards of the mysteries of God. Uh, so first, servants, like the word deacon, um, table waiting and, and, and sweeping up floors, as I said. So, you know, there's this, this labor mentality uh, to what he wants the Corinthians to think of himself and Apollos. But then there's this also steward mentality of the mysteries of God, which is a very much, a far more spiritual type of thing. And that word steward uh, is found in Titus, uh, referring to the overseer. It it's, it's literally means manager, uh, the manager of the household of God. If he cannot manage his own family, how can he manage God's house, right? So that's the same type of stewardship that he's talking about there in verse 1. Stewards of what? Of the mysteries of God. And I read Romans um, uh, what was it, uh, uh, 10 earlier, uh, stating that uh, Paul desired the Jews to be saved. They didn't understand the mystery of God. Paul was given this task to proclaim the mystery of God. And we see this in Ephesians as well, that Gentiles can be grafted in to this Jewish race, so to speak, and now have become one people under the blood of Christ. They didn't understand that mystery. This is the mystery that he was seeking to proclaim. This is the mystery that Paul and Apollos and me and your other pastors are seeking to proclaim. We are stewards of that uh, mystery. It's the steward of the stewards of the gospel. Uh, we, we, you got to have pastors who preach the gospel. I hope that that would be a pretty straightforward type of thing. You know, unfortunately, a lot of people get the gospel wrong nowadays, which is why we hammer it over and over and over and over, making sure that you understand it. Is the gospel Jesus died on the cross? Not necessarily. The, Jesus, the, the, the gospel is that the Father uh, sent his Son, God in the flesh, into the world to die a sinner's death because you and I can't be righteous in God's sight, right? To take our sin on himself and us get his righteousness and be sealed by the Holy Spirit, being raised into newness of life, and then given eternal life forever with Christ in the heavenly places. Okay, there's a better picture of the gospel that we're talking about, right? Yes, it is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, but unless one believes and understands how that is applied to the heart, you see, we, we, you need pastors who are stewards of this great mystery and stewards who get it right. He says, verse 2, it's required that stewards be found faithful. Now, you see a lot of other qualifications, or you might call them requirements, in 1 Timothy 3. But his most important one right here, if they are going to be stewards of the mysteries of God, they must be found faithful. Faithful to get the message right. And I think there could be an undertone of morality uh, because of some things he says uh, to follow. But uh, he says, you know, you guys judging me, the Corinthian church, you guys critiquing me, and saying things about me now that I've left, or saying things about Apollos, or saying things about Cephas, I don't really care. I just love his attitude there. As for me, you know, you guys judging me, it's, 
I wouldn't care if you guys formed a whole committee to judge me. I don't, I'm not judged by a human court, he says. I don't even judge myself. Because he, and the word judge is to examine, to look at, to investigate, to pick through one's life, to sift like a sifter. He says, I don't even do that to myself because I know that my own brain is fallible and I know someone who is infallible, who gets every judgment right. He's the one who judges me. And I'm not really aware of anything that you know, I have against myself, so I'm not thereby acquitted. It's the Lord who judges me. So if the Lord judges me, don't pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes. The Lord is going to one day bring to light all the hidden things of every pastor and every apostle who ever existed. And the, the darkness will not disclose the purposes of the heart, the motives of the heart in that day and those who are preaching to you day in and day out. Each one will receive his proper commendation from God. And you know, what? you, you think about this, we, we know that Paul was, was critiqued, but I don't know if we ever talk about what he might have been critiqued about. Why, why, you, you think of Paul as the great preacher, started all these churches. Why, why would anybody possibly critique the apostle Paul, for goodness sakes, or judge him? Well, I think he gives us the answer, if you remember, in chapter 1. Doesn't he say, I, I didn't come to baptize, I came to preach, not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross be emptied of its power. He says again in chapter 2, I was with you in weakness and fear and trembling, and my speech and message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the, spirits, uh, of the Spirit and of power. Uh, so there's a big one. He has to defend himself in the first two chapters saying, I don't care if you don't think I'm a good preacher. <laughs> I don't care if you don't think I'm very good at talking or that I you know, exhibit eloquence and wisdom when I uh, present to you the mysteries of God. I didn't come uh, to baptize. I came to preach. And if you want to judge uh, the way the words come out of my mouth and dismiss the gospel entirely, well, that's too bad. That's too bad. God will judge me. And then he says in verses 6 and 7, I've applied all these things to myself and Apollos for whose benefit? For your benefit, brothers, that you may learn by who? By us. Not to go beyond what? What is written. That none of you may be puffed up in favor of one against another. And I think going back to the beginning there, being stewards of the mysteries of God, uh, the scariest judgment was them going beyond the written word, going beyond the scriptures, going beyond. And I think that's a jab, right? Because what have we been talking about? The, the Corinthians' problem were earthly wisdom, worldly wisdom. They loved worldly preachers that talked about everything else except God, right? They wanted to go beyond God. They wanted to go beyond the gospel. That's old news. What happens next, right? And, and Paul said, no, 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 you need to learn by our benefit, or you need to benefit from us and learn by us not to go beyond what is written. And as a, fact, as a matter of fact, because you already have gone beyond what is written, this is why you are so puffed up against one another and having all of these problems. Who sees anything different in you? What did you have that you did not receive? If then you received it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? And so Paul takes them down to the bottom rung and says, listen, literally every single thing you have was given to you. 
Every sing- and that's true for us today, amen? amen? Every single thing you have has been given to you. Maybe you should be appreciative instead of a constant critiquer of preachers. Right? So you want to know who I am? I'm a steward who's going to be judged by God. Boy, that is terrifying for me as a preacher, and I hope it uh, puts a little bit of thing, puts some things in, in uh, perspective for you guys as well. Number two, who, who do you think I am? Who do you think you are? Um, <laughs> we're the scum of the world. <laughs> Don't see this one coming. Verse eight, already you have all you want. Already you've become rich. Without us, you've become kings. And would that you did reign so that we might share the rule with you. For I think that God has exhibited us apostles as last of all, like men sentenced to death. Because we have become a spectacle to the world, to angels and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are held in honor, but we in disrepute. To the present hour we hunger and thirst. We are poorly dressed and buffeted and homeless. And we labor, working with our own hands. When reviled, we bless. When persecuted, we endure. When slandered, we entreat. We have become and are still like the scum of the world, the refuse of all things. Man, yeah, they, they, they don't teach that one in pastoral ministry as much as the others, that you are going to be the scum of the world um, as someone who's a, a pastor in a church. He, he begins this little monologue by saying, clearly, you guys think you're doing fine without me. Clearly, you think of yourselves as kings. Clearly, you think of yourself as becoming rich and would that you did reign because you know how I feel about myself. I could use a couple networks with some people who are kings because you know what I am? I'm nothing. God has exhibited us apostles as last of all. Last of all. He feels like he's sentenced to death. feels like he's become a spectacle not just for earthly things, but for heavenly things. Even the angels look down from heaven and they think, those guys are crazy. What in the world? I mean, it's, it, it's a sobering text, isn't it? Uh, I think that word spectacle, last of all, sentence to death, those phrases, I think, are kind of pointing to the old Roman days of Colosseums and put a few men in there and last one to make it you know last one survives and everybody is just watching them fight it out and duke it out they're a spectacle and we're the last men like we're the you know they're all cheering you know watching us kill ourselves for the sake of the gospel that's how he feels as he is a steward of the gospel for people who you know are just so mean to him uh, a spectacle to the world he says that you know people Think of him as fools, which we've already talked about, chapters 2 and 3. You must become a fool if you become wise. We are fools in Christ, but you guys, you got to figure it out. You guys are wise, right? We are weak, but you guys, you got to figure it out. Y'all are strong. You're held in honor, but us in disrepute. Clearly, you figured out something that your pastors haven't. Uh, to the present hour, we hunger and thirst. We're poorly dressed. He says, literally, we're homeless. <laughs> We labor working with our hands. But how do you guys see yourselves, your church? You guys are kings, wearing your crowns, you know, living the high life, doing well. When reviled, we bless in return. When we're persecuted, 
we endure, slandered we entreat, we've become and still are the scum of the world, the refuse of all things. I knew that pastoral ministry was going to be hard. And this is so ironic, isn't it, that I'm using this text after Jeff gets up here before I preach and basically tells all you guys how much you know you should love me and how you know I'm I'm the opposite of the scum of the world. <laughs> uh, and I'm, I'm so I had no idea Jeff was gonna gonna say all that. I just asked him if he'd preach or if he would pray before the preaching. Um, but but uh, you you kind of see this this irony I think of of what happened this morning because the Bible says you know your your preachers are. Uh, fools, scum of the earth, uh, the people who are reviled, and, and in return of every reviling, they bless. In return of every persecution, they um, uh, they, they entreat. Uh, it, it's we're, we're spectacles. Who wants to be treated that way and agree to it? Who wants to say, yeah, that's me. I want to be homeless. Yeah, that's me. I want to be poor. Yeah, that's me. I, I want to. I want everybody to hate me. I want that job. <laughs> Again, I, I, I love Main Street, and I don't always feel like I'm always hated. But i got to say, the last three years have been the hardest of my life. And I don't want you to feel like, you know, you, you should be ashamed, you know, or anything like that. That's not my goal here. That's not the, the thing I'm trying to preach. I'm just saying pastoring is hard. And I have been called things in pastoring that I never was called before I was a pastor. I have been looked at differently by the community. I've been looked at differently by uh, some of our own people. You know, I mean, it's just the way it is. You, know, you get a new guy, especially a young guy. Uh, it's 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 hard uh, to be the scum of the world. Um, I, I don't know much else to say about that. It, pastoral ministry is probably harder than you think. Who are who are <laughs> who are you, Paul, to to talk to us like the way you are? Well, I'm the scum of the world. You guys are apparently kings, living the high life. Last point here, which is just hilarious. Now he says, imitate me. <laughs> uh, we are your fathers. We are your fathers is who we are. Um, look at verse 14. I do not write these things to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as what? As my beloved children. For though you have countless guides in Christ... You do not have any fathers, for I have become your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I urge you then, be imitators of me. In fact, he says, verse 17, that's why I sent you Timothy. And he was the young one, wasn't he? My beloved and faithful child in the Lord, who remind you of my ways in Christ, as I teach them everywhere in every church. Some are arrogant, as though I were not coming to you. But I will come to you soon, if the Lord wills. And I will find out not the talk of these arrogant people, but their power. For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. What do you wish? Shall I come to you with a rod or with love in a spirit of gentleness? Yeah, Eddie's making a face. This is one of those that you make a face in. He ends this question of who do you think you are by saying, well, I hope you think of me as your father. I was here with you. Uh, you were orphaned away from the world and needed not just a guide, but, but a father, someone to follow, someone to learn the faith from. I, I, I admonished you. I taught you as my own children. I know that you didn't have many fathers in the gospel when I got there. And so that's why when I left, I was like, I got to get Timothy over there. And if Timothy can be considered a father, 
Maybe I can too. I, I don't know. I, a lot of people have, I mean, you, you guys have really embraced me in so many ways that is purely of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and, I, and I really mean that. I, and I, I think of my pastor back home in a fatherly way uh, where I grew up and came to the faith. And I think you might think of uh, particularly the pastor you came to faith under uh, in that way. Um, you know, but, but it's not natural for everybody. It's not natural. You know, I was talking with my wife, and Mariana grew up as a PK, sort of, on the other end of her life. She doesn't remember a whole lot about her pastor uh, in the, the Sandy Mush days for, for a couple of you guys. But uh, when her father became a preacher, you know, well, it was literally her dad. So imagine someone not being your dad, considered a father in the gospel. You know, she, she was unfamiliar with that. And then she, we, we were at church in Raleigh for a while, and, um, you know, she, she truly loved that church and loved our pastors, but again, had such a short time that we, we didn't have enough time, I don't think, for them to become our, that, that father in the gospel type figure. And now it's, it's her husband is <laughs> her pastor. It's, it's me. And so I, I know that this is not natural for everybody to immediately think of me as your father or as Joey as your father, right? But the symbolic imagery of following someone who is walking with the Lord and wanting to be like them is the image he's getting at, right? He says, imitate me, after he spends all this time talking about how he's homeless and how he's the scum of the world and how he treats people who hate him, he says, imitate me, and that's why I wanted you to imitate Timothy. I haven't stopped living that type of life. I haven't stopped this type of teaching. I teach this way in every church. I don't go beyond the written word. Some of you are, are arrogant, as though I were not coming to you. Arrogant children who think they know more than their father. Man, uh, there's a message for, for the church of today. Arrogant children who think they know more than their father. He says, listen, I'm still your father. I'm coming back to you. I want you to think about what's going to happen, if the Lord wills, when I do get back. Do you want me to come with a rod? Or do you want me to come with a spirit of love and gentleness? And that depends on your behavior and how you deserve to be treated by your father when I get home. Isn't that the, the scariest words ever? You know, when dad gets home, yeah. <laughs> after you've done something bad. Let me, let me give you some applications to think about. We'll pray. First, judge your pastors when necessary, but remember your judgments are flawed. You know, in the beginning of this chapter, he's not saying that he's exempt from being judged by the church. Uh, in fact, we, we've been in First Timothy and, and, and Sunday mornings, I think it was chapter 5. Um, that, that talks about, actually, you should call out an elder in his sin with two or three witnesses, and there's a process to go about. You know, when you have an overseer who has a, you know, a sin problem, it needs to be easily called out, and it's still for the good of the church. Uh, so he's still subject to judgment, but you need to know that your pastor is first judged by God. And for you guys, this is, a, this is the passage that everybody uses, don't judge me, only God can judge me. This is the passage that they use, right? Don't use it like that, you know. They say, judge not lest, lest you be judged. And I say, uh, twist not the scriptures lest you be like Satan. Huh? I mean, this is not what that passage is talking about. It's talking about how you should treat your preacher. This isn't talking about um, 
the, how Christians relate to one another when there's a sin problem going on. We can go to other passages to talk about that, not this one. Um, the purposes of your heart will one day be revealed. There's something to munch on for a while. The motives and the purposes of the inner places of your heart will one day be revealed. You'll receive a commendation from God or perhaps say, I never knew you. Uh, we can do and say all the right things for a whole long, a really, really long time. But the Lord knows the motive of our heart. Uh, you can read that in uh, 1 Samuel as well. The Lord sees the heart. Uh, everything you have has been given to you. Stop acting like you're a God who makes things for yourself. Everything you have has already been given to you. We should be the most humble people in all the earth with this, this bickering stuff like the Corinthian church was going through, uh, just, just not being among us. We, we are humble, thankful people full of gratitude. Before you critique your pastor or your pastors, remember that they are basically homeless scums of the earth. Before you critique your pastors, remember that they are homeless scums of the earth. That'll preach, huh? Uh, we would probably be a lot slower to judge those appointed by God if we knew both what they were going through um, and God's role in the matter versus the church's role in the matter. If you're following your pastoral leadership well, you will start to share their pains. If you imitate your pastors well, you're not going to go beyond the written word because that's what they're doing. They're not going beyond the written word. They're, you're going to start to fall in love with the mysteries of God just as they do every day. But you're also going to be feeling a little bit homeless. You're also going to be feeling a little bit, um, uh, uh, what was the word, uh, scum of the earth, the refuse of all things. You will be hated, in other words, if you follow your pastors well. Perhaps if, if they are hated, uh, you will be hated as well. Pastors, Joey, <laughs> me, be a model for your people to follow. Be worth imitating. Members, follow your pastor like a child yearning to be like his dad or like her dad. Two more. Ignore arrogant talkers. Paul didn't really, <laughs> I didn't address that enough, did I? Uh, ignore arrogant talkers. He said some of you people, you know, being so arrogant back in Corinth, um, you're just talking. You're just talking. When I get there, I'll see if, you're, uh, if, you, if you've got anything to back up your speech, right? The kingdom of God is not a kingdom of talking. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of power. So if I have to come with a rod, I will. In the meantime, for us, we have arrogant talkers in the church who are just talking, which usually consumes most of our mind and most of our bickering. Ignore it. Right? Please, for the love of God, ignore arrogant talkers in the church. All bite or all bark no bite, okay? But if a bite does happen, if a bite does happen, pray that your pastors will have enough boldness to bring the rod out. <laughs> pray that for me big time. I'm not the kind of guy who carries a rod normally. Please pray that for me. Um, Lord willing, Dave Keen from Park Baptist Church will be here next week. So please come back. <laughs>
and tell the people who aren't here tonight to come back. Really want to host him well and welcome him. Um, uh, if you guys don't know, I, I didn't really share this, I don't think. So Dave is his pastor in Rock Hill, right outside Charlotte. Um, and we're, we're partnering, you know, to hopefully get this replant going uh, for this other church in their area. But Dave was my youth pastor uh, growing up and has now gone on. And so that was like 10 years ago. Um, but still, I consider him a father in the gospel, someone that I'm trying to imitate and learn from daily. It would mean a lot for me personally if you guys came to meet my father. Okay? I got saved under his teaching. Love him. Please come next week. Please come next week. Um, any thoughts about 1 Corinthians uh, 4 before we go to prayer? Thank you for listening to another message from the pulpit ministry of Main Street Baptist Church in Spindale, North Carolina. I hope that your soul has been edified as a result of hearing the Word of God preached and that God will continue to be glorified in your life as you worship Jesus. If you have any questions about the message you heard today, feel free to uh, check us out online and send an email. You can find us at www.mainstreetspindale.com or you can call us directly at 828-286-2291. Hope you have a wonderful day. God bless.